the Broncos sneak home despite Russ still looking like he could use a visit from Gordon Ramsay. The Seahawks accrue 420 offensive yards on 69 plays. Nice. The Dolphins punter kicks ass and the Pro Bowl is no more. <laughs> that was week three. This is the great debate. argument based on fact. I'm just a regular dude. I like to drink beer. You know, I love my family. Rock, flag, and eagle. Right, Charlie? We want old man Patterson here with his finger on the button. What button? OJ can get away with murder. Why can't Sonny have his kid? Well, 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 how the mighty have fallen. After jumping through burning tables with the Lombardi trophy they won in week two, the Bills came back to earth quicker than an idiot jumping through a burning table with a Lombardi trophy. Welcome to the Great Debate for another week. I'm Sheehan, and joining me tonight from Sirius XM Fantasy, Football Diehards, a bunch of 32-bit Twitter spaces, and the Fantasy Sports Writers Association Hall of Fame, it's Bob Harris. How are you doing, Bob? Doing fantastic. Love those 32-bit spaces, uh, which you are an amazing host of when uh the times that you are there. Uh, and everyone does a great job there. It's a blast coming in and talking to everybody. It is a lot of fun. I um I wish they lined up with my schedule a bit more because I always really enjoy when I do them, but for whatever reason, I've had a social life. Well, let's face it, I mean, you know, the the, the Atlantic Ocean thing is a is a big deal on on the on the whole schedule. Yeah, exactly. Here. Like if my wife goes out, then it's fine. I can talk fantasy all night long i can host the show i can uh, do all that but if i have other plans then well the fantasy football that's straight through it i'm lucky to get sunday nights to watch scott hansen <laughs> i lucky to get all day to watch scott hansen it's a joyous thing <laughs> turn that off right now i look forward to it every week absolutely so we like to do this here i always say we it's really me i like to do this here at the great debate there's so much negativity, I think, in the world, so much negativity in the fantasy space. That's why we like to start positively. What were you right about this week? Uh, you know, so at some point, if you're just stubborn enough, you run into a success or two. I mean, you know, I, I want to say, you know, not playing Tom Brady, but I feel like that's like a, like a low bar because, I mean, anybody realized with uh, all the lack of weapons uh, and, uh, and it, that, that it would be an easy call. But, you know, like suggesting people play, I'll, I'll just suggest people play Marcus Mariota over Tom Brady. I think that that's the victory lap I'll take. Everything else I feel, feel like I fell into, like, you know, like we're still playing Derrick Henry, right? And I don't know if we're going to get yeah. another game where he's the best receiver in all of football. He was amazing. Way to go, King. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, with that offensive line, I think it's going to be a struggle for him to maintain unless they can be a little more creative offensively. Uh, sticking with Cordero Patterson, not, you know, independent of, of uh of Marcus Mariota, that was just specifically you know in comparison to Brady. Uh, I want to say sticking with Curtis Samuel, but the point totals weren't great. But I feel like the confidence in him comes from the scheme they're using, and I mean you know just the whole history of that just lends great confidence for me uh, to continue playing Samuel. I don't know if he continue being a top ten fantasy asset at his position, but I think the the Commanders' plan is for that to happen. Carson Wentz willing. 
Yeah, I think Curtis Samuel has been an absolute revelation so far this season. I really repaying the faith of people who picked him up late, people who've held him over from previous seasons in Dynasty. It's really pleasing to see. I love when a guy comes <laughs> back and uh, and does well, and I love when a fun footballer is scoring fantasy points, and I love when I start him as well. Right, and then, you know, Cordell Patterson means a fun player, but another one I think, and, and I feel like I have inside information on this because my Sirius XM co-host Mike Dempsey is you know works for the Jaguars flagship ship station. But being pretty pretty sold on James Robinson and drafting uh, many many shares and playing them right out of the shoot, just based on what I was hearing out of Jacksonville, just from the coaching staff in general over the course of the off season, right? I mean, Doug Peterson was was foreshadowing all this, you know, from the draft on, and uh, and so uh, James Robinson's been really a a, a gift uh, for those of us who drafted him uh, at a very reasonable cost. Yeah, he's been fantastic if you've gone zero RB, as has um, Teflon Trev and uh, Christian Kirk as well. I yeah. think the Jags have been sneaky fantasy relevant so far. Yeah, Kirk is, you know, Kirk was another one I invested in a lot when he was in the double-digit rounds as the, the draft season wore on and he started climbing up in, you know, into round seven or so. I still thought it was a reasonable price, but uh, then I was looking at those double-digit players and, and yes, my Devontae Parker shares finally cashed in. <laughs> I don't have great confidence that that's going to be a regular occurrence. Well, no, I think um, I think we've seen the last of Mac for the season, unfortunately, uh, which means even double, unfortunately, we're going to have to see Brian Hoyer. Although hey. we might see some Bailey Zappi, which will be fun. He's got a great haircut, at- Brian Hoyer. <laughs> it's very, he's a very slick looking man. I enjoy <laughs> that. There's not enough proper bald people in sports, I think. Um, too many players want to go down the replacement path like uh, LeBron James. I think uh, no. just embrace it. Go the bald head. Definitely embrace it. Yeah, I was reading today, Devontae Parker's been responsible for four interceptions this year. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure Mac Jones will be looking forward to him. Maybe not. Well, looking forward to not running around with him on the weekends. Right. And, you know, the other shares, the other late round shares, like my DJ Chark shares that I thought were good double digit shares. Apparently, I should have just split those up between Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark because it's going to be one or the other uh, coming up fairly reasonably non-zero-ish uh, opposite with working in the group with Amon Ross St. Brown, who's going to be a dominant force. Yeah, well, I, I suppose it depends if St. Brown's going to miss time with his yeah, injury. We'll see. But... Yeah, we're back in the game. I'm feeling a little better. DeAndre Swift's going to miss some time, so maybe more targets for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, probably more love for Williams. We'll get to him at the end. Spoiler alert for everyone, but Ah. worth sticking around for. Of course, it's Monday night when we record. We are before the Monday night game. Do you need any Monday night miracles tonight? I don't need any miracles. I would like, uh, you know, I would like to see Ezekiel Elliott continue his run of success against the Giants. I would like to see Saquon Barkley continue to play well. I'm really excited about the Giants offense. I was out there trying to sell the notion that, that while they would be better, it's a very low bar. And expecting it to be way better might be a little bit of a reach, and it's been way better than I expected. And kudos to them for cobbling it together and and with some personnel that maybe we didn't expect, said Richie James and David Sills. Uh, you know, so uh, we'll see if that keeps going. I, I like seeing a coaching staff come in and installing a true meritocracy where, you know, Kenny Galladay is going to get his half million dollars a snap if he's only playing two snaps. Uh, because he's not playing well enough to get more snaps. I mean, I think there's uh, something admirable about building the, a culture like that uh, with an NFL team. And I, you know, I, look, I'd like to see Darius Tony on the field more. Uh, I know he's going to be doubt. He's doubtful for this game. And I don't think, you know, but 
I think in general, you know, he's having a hard time getting on the field. And I think it's a lot of it is just, you know, the players who the coaching staff feel like are their guys are getting the call. And if you don't, if you're not, you know, if you're not in line with that, uh, you're going to, you're going to come up short and we've seen it so far. Yeah. We've seen, um, success in the Australian football league with teams that have a no dickheads policy. Ah, and yes. I think it's going to be that for the giants with, uh, yep, I think no so. Gallaudet. And as much, as much as we, we might want him to be a thing, Kadarius Tony, I know he's a little bit injured at the moment. Uh, I still think he's their best offensive player when he's up we'll and going. What, or, we'll or see. Will be. I heard a lot of buzz from beat writers about Wandale Robinson uh, throughout the summer. And maybe that's kind of their replacement piece, but I think he's, he's kind of going to, you know, handle a Curtis Samuel like, and I think all these, roles, you know, you want to call him a Devo Samuel light or whatever you want to call him. I think we're going to see a lot more of this. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I suppose you've hit on an interesting point there. We're going to need a name for this position, I think sooner rather than later. And after urban Meyer left a, a dirty taste in everyone's mouth, I'm not sure the H back is going to be cutting it. Nah, so, nah. you know, your Debo's, your Curtis Samuels, your Kadarius Tony's, even Chase Claypool has been yeah, doing it. See for, some of that uh, from him, the Steelers. So yeah, that's maybe that's a project for everyone to work on this season. Come up with a, uh, a name for whatever position it is they play. I'm a, I'm aboard with that. <laughs> well, before we get into the show, don't forget we are part of 32-bit. As Bob mentioned off the top, we have some fantastic 32-bit Twitter spaces, so make sure you join us for those on Mondays and Thursdays. Might even be just Thursdays these days, but come and get some fantasy advice from the best and biggest names in the business. And, of course, don't forget to tune into Screen Pass, the show, about football in popular culture, we have the Jerry Maguire episode dropping tomorrow. Uh, so if you feel like that'll complete you, I can guarantee you it will. And this week we are sponsored by Ken Dorsey. Are things not going your way? <laughs> One tablet and you'll feel better right away. Talk to your doctor to see if Ken Dorsey is right for you. Nice, nice. <laughs> nice, nice. Glad you liked it. I uh, I enjoy writing those each week. <laughs> <laughs> If you've heard the show before, you'll know the deal. We have three minutes each to make our case for our player and a minute to unpick the sweater of questionable analysis we've each knitted. Tonight, we have two receivers, both alike in dignity, in the fair NFC where we lay our scene, Romeo Dubs from the Green Bay Packers and Greg Dort from the Arizona Cardinals. I'll be telling you why there's no stop sign for Greg to miss. But first, Bob, tell us why our listeners should say to Romeo, you and me, babe, how about it? So a couple of things. I mean, the eight for eight was great. Uh, There's some historic notes. The, the first rookie wide receiver to catch a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers since Marquez Valdez-Scantling did it in 2018. That's a good start, I think. Uh, first Packers wide receiver not named Devontae Adams to catch eight catch eight receptions in a single game since Randall Cobb did it in 2018. So that's a fast start. Look, I think, you know, Alan Lazard is going to be the, the the receiver one, right, in the, in this offense, right? I think that's that seems to be based on what Aaron Rodgers has talked about in the past and, and his comments. And I'm guessing he is the one who's going to determine this. Uh, but after that, I think it's kind of wide open. And if the expectation is Christian Watson becomes that next man up or Sammy Watkins does, well, their health is going to say something about that ability. Uh, the best ability is still availability. So far, Dubs has that over the other players in this offense. Sammy Watkins is going to miss four weeks. We'll see when Watson gets back, but his, you know, his progress was slowed by the injury issues in training camp, and that allowed Dubs to establish himself and start building that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, my radio co-host, uh, Jeff Manns, on the pregame show on Sirius, uh, week one, we were talking about the situation, uh, you know, with Rodgers and his receivers, and he reminded me, great quarterbacks are what make great receivers. You know, guys, you know, everyone comes to the league, they have a ton of talent, they can be fantastic. 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers can do this. This offense can do this. This is uh, this Matt LaFleur offense that that has uh, led to through 13 and three records pretty much without fail and created uh, MVPs at quarterback pretty much without fail. Uh, I think all those pieces come to me and, and say Dubs is the guy who has the better chance of the two we're discussing, right? Like I'm not anti Greg Dorch and we'll talk more about that. Um, aside from the fact that he's only slightly taller than my cat, <laughs> my cat is not very tall. Um, uh, but but I just think this offense is one that, you know, that is built around Aaron Rodgers with him throwing the ball. Uh, if Dubs can move into that number two, and even if it's a split number two with Christian Watson, I think over the course of the full season, you're going to get more fantasy value out of Dubs. And we all heard about the playmaking uh, you know, abilities uh, throughout training camp. The You know, the reports came out daily of the fantastic play he was making. I think we've seen some flashes of that uh, here in the regular season. I think he can still keep building on that. I think if, once you've earned Aaron Rodgers' trust a little bit, as I think he did with this last performance, I think that's what's going to give him the little edge over Christian Watson, who maybe didn't establish that confidence with his uh, missed, uh, botched uh, effort on that 75-yard pass or what would have been a 70-yard touchdown if he just grabbed it. Uh, last week. So there are, that's where I'm at. I'm a good player, lots of playmaking ability demonstrated throughout camp, taking advantage of an opportunity and injuries to those around him, playing with a great quarterback and a great offense. I'll take Romeo Dubs. I think that's all uh, very fair analysis. However, I beg to differ. Ah, please. You talked about Aaron Rodgers needing to trust his receivers. And I think we saw in that game that he went away from Dubs. Dub started like a German band. He threw to him three times on the first drive, had a fantastic touchdown. I'm going to be honest, watching it on TV, I was like, wow, this is going to be the Romeo Dubs breakout game. And I was excited. I'm a big fan of Dubs, have been uh, all off season. But when the game was in the balance, he was throwing a Cobb, he was throwing a Lazard. You're right. I think Lazard is going to be the number one there. But we've seen them have a different lead receiver each week. Week one, it was AJ Dillon. Week two, I think it might have been Christian Watson, might have been Randall Cobb. Wasn't Romeo Dubs, I'll tell you that much. This week was Dubs, and they're going to run the ball more than ever. They have been running the ball more than ever. Yes, their offense is going to rely on them throwing the ball more, but it's to Watson, it's to Lazard, and I'm not sure that Romeo Dubs is going to be there when it counts if he fucks up, basically. Yeah, he might. That's the best. That's the best you can do <laughs> against me. I'm going to break kayfabe here for a minute. I think Romeo Dubs is a really good option. I'd much rather him on my team than Greg Torch. But... I know. <laughs> I know. You, I saddled you with this one. I uh, I don't mind it. This is the the beauty of um of being the guest is you get to choose which uh, which person you want, and I get to choose in which order we go. We'll come full circle on Dubs because I am a big fan of big fan of his. But uh, you know, for the sake of the exercise, oh, I, I I can't believe how wrong you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, it's funny because when I was making, when you gave me the two players to make the choice between, I was totally, it, it was a, it was a tough decision because I really do like Dorch and I like the obvious chemistry he has with Tyler Murray. And I expect him to be a, a piece of this offense going forward, but the concern is obvious, right? There's going to be a DeAndre Hopkins at some point. There's going to be Marquise Brown. There's going to be Rondale Moore at some point. So I just feel like that's going to be a little oversaturated. But the bigger issue is we all know the last five weeks of the season when you need this offense the most, they're going to vanish. Cliff Kingsbury's play calling uh, (laughs) or lack of creativity, however you want to call it. I mean, I did notice he's moved some receivers to different spots at times. 
this year, which kudos to him. Great move. He should have tried it a couple of years ago. Would have been better then uh, and used it throughout. But but once Hopkins is back, I think uh, the targets are going to run through two guys. And like Dorch has been getting those targets. I just don't think he's going to continue getting those targets. I think uh Cliff Kingsbury is very lucky that Michael Bid- Michael Bidwell has a very slow trigger finger. And uh, Steve ah. Kime is in the same basket there, I would think. There's, uh, well, to to stay with the uh, the Shakespearean theme, there is something rotten in the state of uh, Arizona. Yes, it's true. It's true. And by the way, Bidwell is a guy that likes to feel like he's in control of these things, right? Uh, you know, like he has a good gra- grasp on these things. And I think it was really close for Kingsbury and Kime after the way last season ended. That's why it took so long to get the commitment, uh, because I think Bidwell was really thinking it through. And I don't know if he's going to get a Mark Davis style talking to like Josh McDaniels got <laughs> after yesterday's loss to the uh, Titans. Uh, but uh, I feel like he's already had that. And I think, you know, some of these things that we heard over the course of the offseason, you know, some of the Chris Mortensen's reporting about Kyler Murray's work habits, et cetera. I don't think those came from the GM level. I think those probably came from a little higher up the ranks there a little bit. And I think, you know, a lot of times it's surprising to learn these owners didn't get where they got by being patient men or uh, willing to settle. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, heard the reporting on uh, David Tepper going to be patient with Matt rule uh, yesterday. I don't believe that for a second. No, I don't think, I don't think David Tepper's a patient man. I think Matt rules surprised every time he shows up for work and his key card still works. Right. And, and at some point I think, you know, Frank Reich was, uh, was right on the verge of that as well. Right. I mean, after the the implosion late down the stretch last year and then starting out slow again this year after a one and four start last season. Yeah. All these all these people should be worried. Yeah, absolutely. And then get bozos like us uh, telling them they have no job security. So who'd be a coach, right? Uh, I wouldn't. I'd rather make one of them. (laughs) Me too. Well, it's much easier being a fantasy coach. And I'll tell you, it's much easier when you've got Greg Dorch on your roster. He found a home. In Arizona, last season, he's had more clubs than Jack Nicholas since being signed by the Jets as a UDFA after the 2019 draft. Through three weeks, he has 20 catches on 23 targets. That's more catches than Jefferson, more catches than Adams, more catches than a bunch of people who don't share a name with a former president. He's had more targets than Debo, more targets than Juju, more targets than Terry McLaurin. He's doing really, really well for a UDFA who nobody had heard of to start this season. Scores of 13.3, 15.5, and 17 in PPR. Nice solid floor based on those catches. He is an absolute monster after the catch. More than 50% of his yards have come after he's secured the ball. Operates almost entirely out of the slot, which is nice. Means we don't have Hopkins. We don't have Hollywood Brown. We don't have AJ Green stepping on his toes either. Yes, that's Rondale Moore's territory, but based on what we saw from Rondale Moore, I would much rather... If I was Cliff Kingsbury, someone who you can rely on to move the chains rather than someone who is going to disappear for most games, most weeks. Now, Greg Dortch ranks second in the league among receivers for average separation behind Debo Samuel, according to Next Gen Stats. He is always open. He's a classic slot receiver, gets no press coverage, finds his space in the zone. And as you said, he's got a nice rapport with Kyler Murray there. And as we've talked about last week, Kyler Murray, fantastic scrambling quarterback, not a running quarterback. They want to protect their investment. They want him to check down. They don't want him to take off. Yeah, he's going to scramble around for his 80-yard runs on two-point conversions, but that is the exception rather than the mat rule. Cards are a throwing team, whether they're in front or behind, and Dort is their most reliable chain mover. That's what we want to see. As I say, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, keep that ball moving down the field, matriculating down the field. 
Hollywood Brown's big game against the Rams is a positive as teams will be keying in on him. And Zach Ertz leaving Dorch largely to his own devices over the middle of the field. We've got a revenge game against the Panthers this week, the other team that Dorch has got on the field for in the NFL. They just gave up 200-ish yards to slot receivers versus the Saints and Jameis Winston. Considered the fourth most catches to receivers this season. So I think it augurs well for a big day out for Greg Dorch and a big day out really for the other Cardinals receivers. Now, who knows how long Rondell Moore and AJ Green will be out for. AJ Green is an old man. He's all of my age, which is a sad realization I had today. And uh, as we say, Rondell Moore, who knows how quick of a healer he is. And hamstrings can be very easily uh, recurring. And we know Hopkins is still suspended until week seven. And if he's the Hopkins we saw last season, well, yeah, he's going to get targets. But there's going to become a critical point where you're no longer throwing the ball up to him and hoping he's going to catch it. Bye weeks, still a couple of weeks away. But I think now's the time to scoop up Dorch, have him ready to go when you need a fill-in, not scrambling for him and paying more on the waiver wire or with your fab once you get to that point. It's hard to disagree with any of this, right? You're you're 100% right, but you know, that's the 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 problem for me is going to be this. I like Greg Dorch. I like what he's doing right now, but some of the things you talked about I think are going to have an impact and uh, and DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his turns, right? We've seen, you know, and I I get it. They they were diminished last year, but now you have him here with Hollywood Brown. Look, old men are fine uh, like me. Uh, I, I had a child pleased for you in there when you were talking about your age with AJ Green, but, <laughs> but Green's going to miss significant time. But Green is like the different receiver. So I think DeAndre Hopkins comes in. They have a bunch of the smaller guys and Marquise Brown, Dorch, uh, Isabella, uh, Rondell Moore, all these guys. So they have a bunch of similar guys. And I just don't know that, uh, I don't know that there's going to be the bandwidth to support the level of production. But again, I'll go back to my primary argument why I don't want this guy over the long term is I don't trust Arizona's offense. I don't trust trust Kit Cliff Kingsbury. I trust the Packers carry on throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And that's what it boils down to is can you trust this offense? Which offense do you trust more? As you say, quarterbacks make receivers. And to be honest, if I'm having to make that call, that is the, no, it's the dividing. No, that's not anything. That's the swaying decision. No. The straw that breaks the, the defining. The defining. There we are. <laughs> That's why we have the uh, the high quality experts on people, because otherwise you get me struggling with the English language. The defining characteristic that may cause me to make the decision one way or the other. The other thing about Greg Dorch, <laughs> uh, I can't read his name without hearing it in a goofy voice like Dorch. <laughs> That's how, like so I, let me ask you this Gene. if it was a short term like so if i needed somebody to carry me for the next few weeks i think i would go with dorch right i think you know maybe through the rest of this month or through the month of october and then after that i'd start getting a little more nervous about it so i'd probably be going dubs for the long term but i think dorch is a is a fine is is probably the better short-term option He's demonstrated it so far. Uh, with the Packers have the Pats this week and the Cardinals have the Panthers. Panthers fairly tough. I mean, that defense gets after it. Yeah, I think they, they're they more inclined to put points or put pressure on Kyler. Yep. The defense is about may, the may, same. May, may force him to make more plays. So, Yeah, and I think Dubs will... Well, Dubs will have the benefit is he'll be over the middle against a bunch of slow linebackers and the Patriots' best slot corner is playing outside. So... I think it could be much of a muchness. I would I wouldn't be surprised if they both ended up with like seven for seventy-five and a touchdown. And that's a good position to be in, I think, uh, when you are at the what well, are putting far bids in because you can bet 
or bid the same amount and hopefully get the cheaper one. Who's more expensive right now? Who who is who are people paying more for right now? I think Romeo Dubs. I I, I think I would just because I want the longer term investment. But I think people are going to be all in on doors. They're going to look at those high totals, look at those targets, and be all in. I think there's a name brand attached to Dubs, particularly. Well, I suppose it's always difficult for um, those of us in the fantasy space because we play Dynasty. We hear these guys all off season. We see these guys as college players. Um, so I think it's easy to get swept up in the in the hype a little bit. And Greg Dorch is really not a brand name at all. And tying him to Aaron Rodgers is a nice um, is a nice problem to have, perhaps. So you're going to the waiver wire this week, and we have three NFC North running backs in real injury trouble, some of them for shorter term, some of them for longer term. And Delvin Cook's traditional goes down with a life-threatening injury and is back into the game a couple of uh, plays later. You've got Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, Alexander Madison. I would think Madison is probably rostered in most leagues. Who are you targeting out of those three? Probably Herbert because, you know, when a team is running a high school offense where they prefer not to pass, (laughs) uh, the onus falls on the running back. And I mean, clearly the Bears have no confidence in Justin Fields. And, you know, based on what we've seen so far, it's probably understandable uh, that they don't. I mean, Justin Fields would tell you he was horrible even in a winning effort. And so, but just, you know, all you have to look at is the attempts uh, versus the carries in, in this offense. And that would be the guy for me. Like, I'm not against the others. Uh, but for, for right now, I think Khalil Herbert's the easy call. He looked good. He passed the arse yeah, test, he, I thought. Right. It, every time he's been in, he's gotten better yards per carry. And then granted, it's week two when we didn't see a lot of them. David Montgomery is fantastic. And we heard, we've heard all offseason. I started hearing from the beat writers on Sirius in June that maybe coaches were feeling like, you know, Khalil Herbert was a better fit. Well, these guys are putting that out there because they know if it comes to pass, they're going to look smart. So they're not, you know, just saying it for no reason. They're saying it because they're hearing it and they think it might be true. And so far from what we've seen, I mean, especially that opener where uh, Montgomery couldn't do anything under two yards of carry in the rain. And then Khalil comes in as uh, Herbert is coming in and is just scampering around and putting up big numbers. And we saw it again uh, Sunday. So I do think this is an easy call for me. Uh, again, all these guys, if you're at various levels of desperation, are going to be more than serviceable. But if you want the higher end, I think it's going to be Khalil Herbert. Yep, I think it's um, I think it's Williams for me. I totally agree with your your takes on on Herbert. For me, it's Williams. Dan Campbell has his guys, and you can clearly tell from Hard Knocks. I know you don't want to use Hard Knocks as your scouting uh, report that he is a a Dan Campbell guy. So is Craig Reynolds for uh, yeah. for that reason. But we've seen him willing to use uh seem be willing to use Williams with uh Swift there anyway and what do you have 24 odd points this week I think that Lions offense is going to move the ball better um bit few more catches Williams is a really good pass catching back I thought he had that over Aaron Jones when they were both in Green Bay um I was a Williams guy when they both came in at the same time uh, I thought he was going to be the guy who'd really take off which hasn't proven to be the case um, but I'm still kind of tied to him in that sense. I think it'll be be Williams, but again, a bit like um, a bit like Dubs and Dorch. You're probably putting a bid in all of them and hoping for the cheapest. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Fair points are all on Williams too, by the way. And uh, at the receivers, Russell Gage rostered in less than fifty percent of leagues. That he should probably be on uh, 
or rostered in just about every league, I would think, at this point. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, we're going to count on the Buccaneers to get healthy at some point and get every all the pieces back, but I don't know if that's this week and until it is, I think Gage is is the is probably the piece to have. We'll see if uh, Old Beasley can cobble something together somewhere Scotty Miller is shaking his fist. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I think Scotty Miller's three or four drops the week before really cost him. Maybe so, maybe so. And Chris Olave as well. He's a guy who probably should be rostered in every league. I think he probably yeah. is. His draft stock was quite high for a rookie. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm guessing that he's probably rostered. I've, I've, I haven't scoured my waiver wires yet, but if he is available, yeah, I mean, he's getting all the air yards, right? And he is the you know turning a deep threat. And at some point, I don't know whether it'll be Jameis Winston's back, you know, getting better enough for him to connect on some of those passes or they give up on that and go to Andy Dalton who will heave it up at, at any given point in time. But I do like the, I do like the, the usage of Olave and the, uh, and the role they find they found for him. Yeah. He's looking good as well. All the rookies, I say all the rookies, all the big name rookies who've come in have looked good this season. And that's <laughs> exciting. Yeah. it kind of bubs me out because I tend to have a blind spot for rookie receivers in redraft. And uh, this year I went, you know, I think I was mainly invested in Drake London uh, liked a few of the other ones. Uh, I thought Jahan Dotson was, you know, going to be a, a pretty well-advanced player. Right. I, and I liked him a fair amount, but I didn't trust what the role would be. I think they're going to cobble him out a role. They seem to be scheming him in nicely. It's certainly those touchdowns came when he was like the primary read and, and Carson once hit him. But, uh, I think in general, some of these other guys that maybe people were in on the, the ones that scare me off are the sky Morris of the world. I Maybe he turns into something, maybe not. And I think that's that's always been the case. I know my friend Dwayne McFarland over at Fantasy Life and PFF, you know, was was out on Twitter last night saying rookie wide receivers the cheat code. I don't like to argue with him because he's very smart <laughs> and he may, may well be right this year. I think it is turning out that way. A lot of these rookie receivers are delivering. Garrett Wilson looking like the real deal. We'll see what happens when Zach Wilson is back. Will he keep looking his way? You know, Joe Flacco is pretty elite, I'm told. So uh, that might have something to do with that great Garrett Wilson success. I uh, I tend to be in in your camp on that one. I'll avoid rookie receivers in redraft. I'm a big proponent of receiver first in dynasty. I yep pride myself on scouting receivers quite well. I ended up with Drake London due to an auto draft snafu in a fantasy draft. I could be happier. So yeah, um, you know, pretty pleased with that. And one last name, a bit of a deeper bottom of the roster, uh, worth picking up. See what you think. And that's Ben, isn't it, Skoronic from uh, the LA Rams. <laughs> what are you making of him? It's an interesting role he's got. Yeah, using him as fullback some. I mean, he's kind of all over the place. Uh, I don't know. I, is he is he, is he? he that much more exciting than Matt Collins? I guess Matt Collins is only exciting because Hunter Renfro is out. Yep. Um, you know, like I, I feel like at some point, you know, Van Jefferson will be back. Maybe he won't. Um I'm trying not to get over over invested in the Rams offense right now because I think it might be lesser than we thought, or so far it's been lesser than we thought. And I'm hoping it gets better, but I'm not sure it is. So I'm kind of dialed back. So I'm not investing more in what I'm seeing uh, from Skornick. Although I, I it, it is kind of cool to see how Sean McVay is using him. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, not interested yet, but it is fun to watch. Well, I think that's just about all we have time for because the Zoom gods are about to kick us off this chat. Why don't you tell the good people where they can find you if they uh, aren't already familiar? Uh, on the Twitter, it's football diehard at football diehard. Uh, on the uh, World Wide Web, it's at it's footballdiehards.com. And on the radio, if you get the serious radio, I'm on the Football Diehards program. Shocking that. <laughs> uh, and you can hear me five days a week there, Monday 
uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Saturday, we're on NFL radio. The other day is on the Fantasy Channel. The NFL radio shows simulcast, so it's hard to miss that one. Uh, so check your local listings and uh, dial it as, dial us in. Yep, definitely recommend one of the uh, the best listens out there. Well, thank you very much for your time, Bob. Really appreciate it. I'm sure everyone who has tuned in this week will dominate their waiver wire. And as always, I am Sheehan. I'm at Sheehan Solo on Twitter. Um, follow at 32bit on Twitter to stay up to date with everything we are doing there so you never miss an episode of whether it's this, whether it's Screen Pass, whether it's Showed Me Name Later, whether it's one of our Twitter spaces. Everything cool in the world you can find over there. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Good luck, everybody.